Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. Our scripture theme for this series we're going through is that uh, is from 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And what it says is that, that I... If I'm just leaning on my strength, I end up, you know, I might be this strong. I I might even, you know, grow and be this strong. But what I find is that ultimately it's not strong enough. And what Paul discovered is, he said, Jesus is my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That when we're weaker, we realize immediately I need Christ. I need the Lord. And then we lean on His power. And when we get us, no matter how weak we are, with Christ, oh my. Now we're, we're, we're way stronger. So Paul says, therefore I will boast all the more, all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now that's our theme verse, and we've been investigating and looking at some of the things he wrote to the Christians in Corinth in this letter that kind of shows us we're weak, we need the Lord. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about feelings. Our theme is the senses of the soul, senses and the soul, and we've been talking about feelings and touch, the feelings. So today we're going to talk about the sense of smell, aroma, and I know you may be thinking, how are we going to preach a message on smell okay uh, and uh, but we'll get there because Paul uses aroma as an analogy so let me back up remember that uh, I, I shared with you last week about pain and how pain leads us to change and how Paul wrote an earlier letter and he even called it we read last week a severe letter and he said I know it caused you pain And I didn't like causing you pain, but I did it intentionally because I wanted you to change. I wanted you to repent. I wanted you to do things differently. And so he said, we we do that. See, we know when we meet Jesus, one of the culture statements we say about our church all the time is that Jesus Christ loves you just the way you are. But he also loves you enough that he doesn't leave you just the way you are. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are, what you are, what you've done, any of those things. He'll come straight to where you are and love you just the way you are. In fact, one of the most famous hymns that are sung in the Christian church is Just As I Am. Like, just the way you are, He comes to you. But, He loves you so much, He doesn't want to leave you in that state. And all of us know we need to grow stronger, we need to change, we need to grow. And so He says, I'm going to take you from where you are and help transform your life change your life help you to grow and so in that severe letter he's chastising them he's getting on to them it's severe because he wants them to change now he gave them a whole list of things in that letter i mean it'd be like if you're writing to your buddy and saying and they they open the door and say like what am i doing wrong and you say well let me get my list out and he listed some things and one of the things he listed was the way in their church they were handling having communion 
Now, the reason I wanted to mention that is because we're going to have communion in the service today. Right? But when, when he fussed at them, I want you to listen to what they were doing. So let me back up. Let me back up and make sure you understand how this communion thing got going. The Jewish people celebrated. They had this commemorative meal every year. And it was called Passover. And in this meal, they were celebrating a, a, a miraculous thing that God did in their life, in their nation, for their people. They were enslaved in Egypt. And uh, they asked God to save them. And he, he came and he convinced Pharaoh to let his people go. And he did that through a series of miraculous things to prove to the Egyptians that he was the one true God and he was more powerful than, than their gods, their little g-gods. And the last of those things, the last convincing thing, was an event that was very traumatic. God sent an angel of death to go throughout the land of Egypt and to take the life of every firstborn male human or animal, throughout the kingdom. And the people of God, he, said, he gave them an out. And the out was they were, to, they were to sacrifice a lamb. And they would take the blood of that lamb and put it on their doorpost. And when the angel of death passed by and saw the blood of the lamb, he would pass over that home and those who were inside. So they called this meal the passover meal and he said when you eat that meal you be ready to leave because this is the last meal you're going to eat in egypt and you're going to leave the next day and that's what happened now for centuries after that every single year they would have this meal and a big celebration and celebrate the passover it was at that meal that jesus with his disciples celebrating the Passover in Jerusalem, he shared with them, basically tomorrow, I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to be the lamb that is slain for you. And so they ate this meal, and at the conclusion of the meal, he took the bread, and he broke it into pieces, and he said, I'm going to establish a new covenant here with you today. God has a covenant with his people, but I'm establishing a new covenant with you and the whole world today. And this covenant is, my body will be broken for you. And he says, take these pieces and eat them. And then he took the cup of wine, and he says, take this cup, and I want you to drink this, and this symbolizes my blood. My blood will be shed for you. And so this we call the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples, and he made this new covenant and this commemoration. And he said, from now on, every time you have this communion meal, this Last Supper meal, this Lord's Supper meal, some people call it the Lord's Table, the breaking of the bread, there's all different names we have for it. And he says, when you do this, I want you to remember me and this covenant and this sacrifice that I'm making. And the next day, he was murdered. For our sins and three days later he resurrected showing his power over sin his ability to forgive us of our sins and so that began the process where Christians followers of Jesus Christ would do this well 
the church at Corinth that Paul was writing this letter to, they were having communion. And they were not doing it very well. And Paul, in his letter, said, y'all got to straighten up. Y'all need to change. You're not doing this right. Let me tell you a couple of things they were doing. First of all, they were still doing communion and having a whole meal together. And we don't do that anymore. We, we just take the bread and the cup. But they were having a whole meal together. But they would do it in a very cliquish way. If, when we've had meals here at the church, we just put everything out and everybody can have everything. That's not what they were doing. They were bringing food from home and they were gathering their crew, their friends. Y'all come over here and sit with us, you know. And we were just sharing with each other. Be like Perlene comes and she goes, hey, I made my key lime pie just for us. Not for anybody else. And that would be good news to the ones sitting in that group, but not to everybody else, right? And so, now some people had lots. But some little groups didn't have a little. Last night, I attended, uh, this is going to blow your mind. This is about to blow your mind because I know you're going to think this is impossible because he is much, much younger than this. But last night, I met with my classmates to celebrate our 40th high school reunion. I know, I know, it blows your mind. I know, I know, I see you gasping going, were you 12 when you graduated? I know, I know. But I told my wife, I said, isn't it funny? I said, as we gather around tables, everybody is still gathering with the same group they gathered with in high school. You know, they're kind of getting with their groups. And, um, and so we, we tended to, and they were doing that and not sharing, not being loving, not caring that here's some people that are very poor and don't have anything and not inviting them to have a piece of key lime pie, Okay. But the second thing they were doing is because they were celebrating and they were having wine with their meal, is some of them, they were getting drunk. Drunk at church with the Lord's Supper wine. Which you may realize, maybe that's why we're passing out grape juice today. We don't know if we can control some of you. And so Paul is writing this harsh letter to them and saying you need to do things differently and 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 all of the things he was telling them not just the communion everything he was telling them that they need to do differently he was saying you need to understand that if you're following christ oh he loves you just the way you are he does but he wants you to follow him he wants you to be with him and in that process you know things are going to change in your life and they need to change you know and as we follow him i want you to understand something that you are an influence to people around you for the sake of Christ. Like if I'm a follower of Christ, if Christ is in me, then something is emanating from me that says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm connected with God here. And he goes, so you're influential. Other people are going, what is that? And he says, I want you to realize this. And so he starts talking about this influence. Because I know you may go like, well, I don't know if I'm influential. So he starts talking about this influence, and he uses a very specific analogy. And this is where we come into the sense of smell. He starts talking about it like a fragrance, like, like, like an aroma. So let, let me read to you. Let's read this scripture together. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and this is verses 12 through 17, where he's talking about this influence or this impact you have. 
First, he starts talking about the journey he's on. He says, Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him for we are to god the aroma of christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing to the one we are the smell of death to the other the fragrance of life and who is equal to such a task unlike so many we do not peddle the word of god for profit on the contrary in christ we speak before god with sincerity like men sent from god so you see all the language, fragrance, aroma. He keeps saying these things. He's saying like there's, there's something that is, that is emanating from us. Now, you know, smell is a very powerful sense. First of all, it's really closely associated with, uh, with our sense of taste. You know that. You always check, some, you know, you, you smell stuff and you go, and you can tell if it smells good to you, you know it's going to taste good to you. If it smells bad, you avoid that. Some of you are like me. Some of you have had this one life experience and it has forever changed something you do. Has anybody ever accidentally drank sour milk? Has anybody ever done that? Yes, there are people in this room. It's one of the most horrible experiences you've ever had in your life. And because of that, from, this, from that day to this day, if I take a, a thing of milk and open it, what do I do every time? I smell it. Because I will never drink sour milk again. I smell it and check it. And if it smells bad, it's going to taste bad, right? We know our sense of smell is tied to that. You, You may not realize this. Did you know your sense of smell is very powerfully connected to your memory? I mean, there are other things that help you remember. You'll hear a song, and it'll remind you of something. You'll see something, and it'll remind you of something. But your sense of smell is very powerfully tied to your memory. So there are certain things I can smell that remind me of things. I remember as a little child, a toddler, sitting in my grandfather's lap um, in the morning, and he would have a cup of coffee and his newspaper and had me sitting in his lap. And to me, when I smell coffee, I have this warm, wonderful feeling, and I think about sitting in my grandfather's lap. The smell. Now, it may surprise you, but when I go into a barn, anybody ever go into barns? If I go into a barn, and there's a mixture of several smells in that barn, and it gives me a warm, wonderful feeling, and I think about my other grandparents being at their house. It's a powerful sense. And so the Lord talks about this sense of smell throughout Scripture. He talks about our prayers, our prayers being this beautiful smell to God. Let me share with you a couple of verses. It's all over Scripture. I'll just share a couple with you. Psalm 141, verse 2. May my prayer come to you like the sweet smell of incense. This is like you're, it's, 
drifting up to you and say, is that really? Does God sense smell? Let me take you to the book of Revelation where John has a vision of heaven itself. And in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, it says they held gold bowls filled with incense, a, a lovely smell, and says, which these are the prayers of God's people. Now, Paul takes that same sense of smell, and he's not talking about something that, you know, like our prayers that God smells. He's talking about us smelling each other. Isn't that a lovely thought? He says in verse 15, let me, let me read it to you again. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So, those who are saved and those who are perishing, that means everyone. We are the Rome of Christ among people, among everyone. So in other words, if Christ has affected your life, if Christ is in you, if you are following him, it affects your behavior, it affects your attitude. Things are, have changed in your life. Things are changing because he loves you, but he loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. And so the, you have this something that's in you. Or I might even say this something that's, that's on you, and other people sense it. In fact, let's just talk about the definition of aroma. If you looked up the definition of aroma, you looked it up in the dictionary, and it would start talking about this unseen thing. It's not, you don't see it. So it's a really good analogy Paul's using. Like, people can't really see that Christ is in you. How do they see that? And so he uses a different thing than seeing. He says, let's talk about the fragrance. Let's talk about the aroma of Christ. An aroma is a quality, an unseen quality in something that is perceived by another through their sense of smell. Some unseen quality. And so he's basically saying that if Christ is in you, there is this unseen quality in you. There's something, or I should say someone, in you, and other people perceive that there's something in you, that there's something emanating from your life. And so what we're about to do right now, before I finish the message afterwards, we're about to pause, and we're going to take communion together. Now, we're not going to take it like the Corinthians did. We're not going to click off ourselves, and we're not going to get drunk. We're going to focus on what Jesus said focus on. We're going to focus on him, his sacrifice for us. We, we're going to partake in communion today, and we're going to think about how he sacrificed for us. We're going to think about his effect on our lives. We're going to think about how he's changed our lives and how he's changing our lives. We're going to think about how others may be impacted by what God has done in our lives. You know, as I partake, you know, as I take this bread and I put it in me, and I take this cup and I put that inside of me, I'm symbolizing that his blood and his body that was broken and shed for me, that, that, that he is inside of me. And, and my prayer is, Lord, thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for forgiving me. But may others sense what is in me, like a fragrance, like an aroma. Not to draw themselves to me, but the focus is on you. 
So I'm going to ask you in just a moment, you saw some people moving. Our deacons are getting ready to pass out, and our, and our, our musicians are going to come sing. And I just want to say, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Christ is in you, I want you to participate with us. And, and, and you'll grab, there's, there's two cups stacked on each other, and the bottom one has the little piece of bread in it, and the top one has juice in it. And take those, and hold it, and keep it. And when, when everybody has, uh, has the elements of the Lord's Supper, and the song is finished, we're going to all take it together. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, first of all, thank you for being here and worshiping with us, and we're glad you're here. You just let it pass by you. We're not focusing on you or each other anyway. We're just focusing on Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that, that you're here with us. And, and, and may you be aware in this moment that what we're striving to do is just focus on Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his love, his forgiveness, and his effect on our lives. The fragrance of Christ, the aroma of Christ. But now let me challenge you with something, because you see, when I think of the aroma of Christ, and I think of the, this smell, this thing, I, I think about the fact that probably some smells smell good to all of us. You know, I thought about bacon frying or something like that, but the thing that jumped in my head the most was the smell of baking cookies. That's just a good smell. Even if you're not eating the cookies, it's a good smell. Uh, Perlene has this habit of when the kids are all gathered, I don't know, it's something from growing up, she'll always like bake some cookies, and there's always this moment when everybody goes like, oh, there's cookies baking. I mean, there's some male smells that just permeate the area, and you smell them, it's like popcorn, you know, it's just like, oh, there's popcorn, you know, and, we, and, and maybe we all like that smell, maybe we all enjoy it, and so you would think Maybe if I'm emanating the aroma of Christ, if I have Christ in me, that other people, it's just what a wonderful smell, right? But some smells are divisive. You see, if I take the same analogy and think of some things to eat, somewhere today there's an Indian person, and they're sitting down over some pakora, or some idli, or some paratha, or some sambar, or some tandoori chicken. And their mouths are watering as they smell their taste profile, their spices, turmeric, and cumin, and cardamom, and saffron. And your American taste palate and mine, there's a whole bunch of us that would smell that and go... Ooh, what's that? Don't want any of it. Like, doesn't that, like, is that food? Does that look yummy? Now, some of you are like me. I'm going to try it, right? I'm just going to try it. But even that, if I smell something and it smells off to me, you just might go, eh. Some stuff smells great to a lot of people, but some stuff is off to I mentioned that the smell of a barn reminds me of my grandparents, and it's a pleasant smell to me. But I assure you, if there's many of you in this room, I could take you into a barn, and you would go, uh, what is wrong with you, Jim? Well, the problem is I want you to understand something about Jesus Christ, and it's a difficult thing for us 
that we as followers of Christ must embrace. And that is this. That Christ is divisive. That when, when, when you think about Christ, you have to think about that He wants to be Lord of your life. He says, come follow me. I want you to be with me. But to be with Christ, you, you have to leave certain things behind. And because of that, that's difficult for some people. And people don't want to do that. It's difficult for all of us. But some people decide, I, that's too difficult. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to submit to Christ. So I reject Christ. You say, who would reject Christ? You know, it smells like love and forgiveness and joy and peace. But to others, it smells like submission. It smells like shackles. It smells like losing myself. It smells horrible. So let me continue reading. There was a verse I already read, but let me show it to you again. Verse 15 said, For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And then verse 16 says, To the one we are the smell of death, and to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? So it is both, at the same time, the smell of death and the fragrance of life. So, as I walk through life, I have Christ in me. If I truly have Christ in me, and His power on my life, and His forgiveness in my life, if I truly have that, then it is emanating from my life. There's an aroma, there's a fragrance and others sense that, and, and you need to know something. The difficulty for me is, for me, is that some people will smell that and go, that smells good. And some people will smell that and says, that smells terrible. And so how do I handle that? What do I, what do, I do with that? Well, Paul said in verse 17, the last verse I read, he said, Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. So let me close with that verse. He says, in other words, first of all, I want you to understand something. You have to speak. It can't just emanate. It has to speak. Because there's this common phrase that we always say when we smell something and we don't know what it is. We go... What's that smell? What's that smell? Right? You've said it many, many times. Sometimes it's a good thing. Mmm. What's that smell? That's cookies bacon. Ah. But sometimes it's a bad smell. You ever done this? Something's burning. Something's burning. What, what is that? Something's burning. Right? And somebody else pipes in. Smells electrical to me. Because, no, I think that's, you know, and we do that. What's that smell, you know? Something's broken, something's rotten, something's, something's not right. What, what is that? Well, you have to investigate that. You have to look into it. You want to know what it is. We were driving, this may tell you where I went to high school, we were driving last night to that reunion, and we went through something. We are like, ooh, what's that smell? That is a skunk. That's what that is. 
That is a skunk. Let us hurry and drive through it, see if we can hold our breath, right? Y'all know that smell? What's that smell? And so we have to answer the question. I'm just going to tell you that as you go out to school and to work and through life, if you have Christ in you, it emanates from it. You are the aroma of Christ. And somebody's going to say, what's that? What is that quality in you that I perceive? What a great analogy using an aroma. Because that's what's happening. There's a quality in you. There's something in you. There's someone in you. And I perceive it. And it's affecting you. It's changing you. It's doing something. I want to know what that is. And so you speak in three ways. Number one, out of love. You speak out of love. He said it's not for pro- we're not peddling the word of God for our profit, it's for your profit. Now, as we were riding to that reunion, I was going through a list and that Perlene was reading off the names and I was trying to tell her who these people were before we ever got there. You know, she doesn't know any of them, you know, and we're we're going. And she came across a name, Melissa Norris. She was not at the reunion. I've not seen her since high school. And this is what I told her. I said, remember, I've told you this story many times. She walked up to me one day, and she said, Jim Graham, why are you smiling all the time? And immediately, it popped up in my heart. You know what she was asking me? She was asking me, what's that smell? And immediately, it popped in my heart, and I knew the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. That's why I'm smiling. Because of all the things in my life, no matter what's happened, the reason I have a smile on my face is because what's in my heart. And here's what I said, and I quote you. I don't know. I guess I'm just a happy person. And for 40 years, I've thought about that. See, we don't answer the question because of what's best for us. We answer the question out of love for the person, even if they might reject it, even if they might reject us. You share it out of love. Secondly, he says we share it with sincerity. Truthfully, as if God is standing right there over their shoulder and he goes, I just made you an appointment. (laughs) The aroma of Christ just touched somebody's nose and they just asked you a question Tell them. And he says, finally, do it like you're on a mission. As men sent from God, I'm going to make appointments with you every step of the way all around you. Where people go, what's that smell? What is that emanating from you? What is that in you? So as we celebrate earlier, We're taking in the love and forgiveness of Christ in me. His body, his blood shed for me. I now ask you to focus on it's emanating from you. The aroma of Christ. What will you do with that? Will you speak? Will you share? We're about to sing a song. We're going to ask the musicians to come. The song says everyone needs compassion. Everyone The song says, everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone. The song says, my God is mighty, powerful, and he can save them.
just like he saved me. He's so powerful, even if there are mountains in the way, he can move those mountains to the side, and he can save. So my prayer for you today is, may the God of heaven, who gave his life to forgive you, may he use you to impact others' lives, to influence others, that they may smell the aroma of Christ emanating from your life and give you the opportunity to answer, what's that smell? Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.